0: Chapters 56 to 60 of Tristram Shandy, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nick Number. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentlemen, Volume 2 by Lawrence Stern. Chapter 56. As Francis I of France was one winterly night warming himself over the embers of a wood fire, and talking with his first minister of sundry things for the good of the state, de Menagiana, Volume One, it would not be amiss, said the king, stirring up the embers with his cane, if this good understanding betwixt ourselves and Switzerland was a little strengthened. "'There is no end, sire,' replied the minister, "'in giving money to these people. They would swallow up the treasury of France.' Poo-poo, answered the king. There are more ways, Monsieur le Premier, of bribing states besides that of giving money. I'll pay Switzerland the honor of standing godfather for my next child. Your Majesty, said the minister, in so doing would have all the grammarians in Europe upon your back. Switzerland, as a republic, being a female, can in no construction be godfather. She may be godmother, replied Francis hastily, so announce my intentions by a courier tomorrow morning i am astonished said francis i that day fortnight speaking to his minister as he entered the closet that we have had no answer from switzerland sire i wait upon you this moment said monsieur le premier to lay before you my dispatches upon that business they take it kindly said the king they do sire replied the minister and have the highest sense of the honour your majesty has done them but the republic as godmother claims her right in this case of naming the child In all reason, quoth the king, she will christen him Francis, or Henry, or Louis, or some name that she knows will be agreeable to us. "'Your majesty is deceived,' replied the minister. "'I have this hour received a dispatch from our resident with the determination of the republic on that point also. And what name has the republic fixed upon for the Dauphin?' "'Shadrach, Mesech, Abednego,' replied the minister.' "'By St. Peter's girdle, I will have nothing to do with the Swiss,' cried Francis I, pulling up his breeches and walking hastily across the floor. "'Your Majesty,' replied the minister calmly, "'cannot bring yourself off.' "'We'll pay them in money,' said the king. "'Sire, there are not sixty thousand crowns in the treasury,' answered the minister. "'I'll pawn the best jewel in my crown,' quoth Francis I. "'Your honour stands pawned already in this matter,' answered Monsieur le Premier then monsieur le premier said the king by we'll go to war with em chapter fifty seven albeit gentle reader i have lusted earnestly and endeavoured carefully according to the measure of such a slender skill as god has vouchsafed me and as convenient leisure from other occasions of needful profit and healthful pastime have permitted that these little books which i here put into thy hands might stand instead of many bigger books yet have i carried myself towards thee in such fanciful guise of careless disport that right sore am i ashamed now to entreat thy lenity seriously in beseeching thee to believe it of me that in the story of my father and his christian names i have no thoughts of treading upon francis the first nor in the affair of the nose upon francis the ninth nor in the character of my uncle toby of characterizing the militating spirits of my country the wound upon his groin is a wound to every comparison of that kind nor by trim that i meant the duke of ormond or that my book is wrote against predestination or free will or taxes if tis wrote against anything tis wrote and please your worships against the spleen in order by a more frequent and a more convulsive elevation and depression of the diaphragm and the succussations of the intercostal and abdominal muscles in laughter to drive the gall and other bitter juices from the gallbladder liver and sweetbread of his majesty's subjects with all the inimicitous passions which belong to them down into their duodenums CHAPTER 58 But can the thing be undone, Yorick? said my father. For in my opinion, continued he, it cannot. I am a vile canonist, replied Yorick, but of all evils, holding suspense to be the most tormenting, we shall at least know the worst of this matter. I hate these great dinners, said my father. The size of the dinner is not the point, answered Yorick. We want, Mr. Shandy, to dive into the bottom of this doubt, whether the name can be changed or not, and as the beards of so many commissaries, officials, advocates, proctors, registers, and of the most eminent of our school divines, and others, are all to meet in the middle of one table, and Didius has so pressingly invited you, who in your distress would miss such an occasion? All that is requisite, continued York, is to apprise Didius and let him manage a conversation after dinner so as to introduce the subject. Then my brother Toby, cried my father, clapping his two hands together, shall go with us. Let my old tie-wig, quoth my uncle Toby, and my laced regimentals be hung to the fire all night, Trim. Page numbering skips ten pages. CHAPTER SIXTY No doubt, sir, there is a whole chapter wanting here, and a chasm of ten pages made in the book by it, but the bookbinder is neither a fool, or a knave, or a puppy, nor is the book a jot more imperfect, at least upon that score, but on the contrary the book is more perfect and complete by wanting the chapter than having it, as I shall demonstrate to your reverences in this manner. I question first, by the by, whether the same experiment might not be made as successfully upon sundry other chapters, but there is no end in, please your reverences, in trying experiments upon chapters we have had enough of it. So there's an end of that matter. But before I begin my demonstration, let me only tell you that the chapter which I have torn out, and which otherwise you would all have been reading just now instead of this, was the description of my father's, my Uncle Toby's, Trim's, and Obadiah's setting out and journeying to the visitation at... "'We'll go in the coach,' said my father. Prithee, have the arms been altered, Obadiah?' It would have made my story much better to have begun with telling you that at the time my mother's arms were added to the Shandies, when the coach was repainted upon my father's marriage, it had so fallen out that the coach painter, whether by performing all his works with the left hand, like Terpilius the Roman, or Hans Holbein of Basil, or whether t'was more from the blunder of his head than hand, or whether, lastly, it was from the sinister turn which everything relating to our family was apt to take, it so fell out, however, to our reproach, that instead of the Ben Dexter, which since Harry the Eighth's reign was honest are due a bend sinister by some of these fatalities had been drawn quite across the field of the shandy arms tis scarce credible that the mind of so wise a man as my father was could be so much incommoded with so small a matter The word coach, let it be whose it would, or coachman, or coach horse, or coach hire, could never be named in the family, but he constantly complained of carrying this vile mark of illegitimacy upon the door of his own. He never once was able to step into the coach or out of it without turning round to take a view of the arms, and making a vow at the same time that it was the last time he would ever set his foot in it again till the Ben Sinister was taken out. But like the affair of the hinge it was one of the many things which the destinies had set down in their books ever to be grumbled at and in wiser families than ours but never to be mended has the bend sinister been brushed out i say said my father there has been nothing brushed out sir answered obadiah but the lining we'll go a horseback said my father turning to yorick of all things in the world except politics the clergy know the least of heraldry," said yorick no matter for that, cried my father, I should be sorry to appear with a blot in my escutcheon before them. Never mind the Ben sinister, said my uncle Toby, putting on his tie-wig. No indeed, said my father. You may go with my Aunt Dinah to a visitation with a Ben Sinister if you think fit. My poor uncle Toby blushed. My father was vexed at himself. No, my dear brother Toby said, my father, changing his tone but the damp of the coach lining about my loins may give me the sciatica again as it did december january and february last winter so if you please you shall ride my wife's pad and as you are to preach yorick you had better make the best of your way before and leave me to take care of my brother toby and to follow at our own rates now the chapter i was obliged to tear out was the description of this cavalcade in which corporal trim and obadiah upon two coach-horses abreast led the way as slow as a patrol whilst my uncle toby in his laced regimentals and tie wig kept his rank with my father in deep roads and dissertations alternately upon the advantage of learning and arms as each could get the start But the painting of this journey upon reviewing it appears to be so much above the style and manner of anything else I have been able to paint in this book that it could not have remained in it without depreciating every other scene, and destroying at the same time that necessary equipoise and balance, whether of good or bad, betwixt chapter and chapter, from whence the just proportions and harmony of the whole work results. For my own part I am but just set up in the business, so know little about it, but in my opinion to write a book is for all the world like humming a song be but in tune with yourself madam tis no matter how high or how low you take it this is the reason may it please your reverences that some of the lowest and flattest compositions pass off very well as yorick told my uncle toby one night by siege my uncle toby looked brisk at the sound of the word siege but could make neither head or tail of it i'm to preach at court next sunday said hominus run over my notes so i hummed over dr hominus's notes the modulations very well will do us if it holds on at this rate so on i hummed and a tolerable tune i thought it was and to this hour may it please your reverences had never found out how low how flat how spiritless and jejune it was but that all of a sudden up started an air in the middle of it so fine so rich so heavenly it carried my soul up with it into the other world now had i as montaigne complained in a parallel accident had I found the declivity easy or the ascent accessible, certes I had been outwitted. Your notes, hominus, I should have said, are good notes, but it was so perpendicular a precipice, so wholly cut off from the rest of the work, that by the first note I hummed I found myself flying into the other world, and from thence discovered the veil from whence I came, so deep, so low, and dismal, that I shall never have the heart to descend into it again. A dwarf who brings a standard along with him to measure his own size, take my word, is a dwarf in more articles than one, and so much for tearing out of chapters. End of chapters 56 to 60. Recording by Nick Number